0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the WE Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people, so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey there, it's me. You're listening to episode number 91 Leadership and Standing for What's Right Over What's Easy. Diversity, inclusion, and anti racism work in business. In this episode, I get to talk with the freaking awesome Alyssa Dare Nelson. Alyssa is regularly featured on television news segments, inside major blogs and publications, and on podcasts from all over the globe. She's an accomplished success coach, speaker, host of Freaking Awesome Entrepreneur podcast, as well as the brand new podcast Making the List. She's the author of the book, From frustrated to freaking awesome, four steps to achieve the success you're wired for. But more than anything else, she's an exceedingly proud wife and mother of two who loves helping others discover how to own their perfect lopsidedness and learn to have it all. I really love that we get to talk about how anti-racism work relates to business and what we can be doing in our everyday lives to make a difference. This episode feels really important and what we are doing and how we are responding to the things that are currently happening in our world is very important. So dive in with us. Here we go. Here is my interview with Alyssa. Welcome to this episode of the WE Podcast. I am excited to have the amazing Alyssa Dare Nelson here today to have a conversation. Alyssa, I don't know a ton about you. I know some, but I know how we connected on social media and I love the way that we connected and feel like even though I don't know you very deeply, that we have a lot in common and, and very similar hearts. So thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for saying yes to hopping on, having a conversation with me. Absolutely. And that was
1: exactly what uh, thought came in my head is like, no, we don't know each other very well, but we know each other's hearts. There's this heart connection that I think we've felt almost immediately when we connected on Facebook. So, you know, Facebook is still not a terrible place (laughs) y'all.
0: It's true. (laughs) It's so true. So many people think it's very negative, but I've had so many positive experiences and, and made some just beautiful, amazing connections through Facebook. So I'm really grateful for it
1: yeah me too and and you know we can certainly we we get more of what we look for right and so while there is a lot of division there's a, a lot of binary thinking on facebook you know you're either right or you're wrong you're left or you're right you're this or you're that you know it, when we begin looking for areas of agreement suddenly we we find that and you know and i i've kind of Given myself uh, some some self-imposed rules for how I engage on Facebook, which has been really really amazing. And what I've heard from people, both in private message and you know face to face, although it's like six feet face to face kind of thing, right? And you know sort of offline is Alyssa, your Facebook page feels safe, and like there's no bigger compliment. I think to me, than than people feeling like on my posts, they can, they can express without fear of being completely taken down for, you know, their questions and their opinions and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think, I think we can create whatever, whatever it is we want to create. And, and I still need to place boundaries around my social media for sure, because I don't curate my, my feed, which means that I have people with all kinds of opinions, um, mm-hmm. which I, I want. I don't want an echo chamber. I want to know, you know, what do you think? And what do you think? And what do you think? And, and you know, for the opinions that really kind of rub me the wrong way, for whatever reasons, I, I, I force myself uncomfortably into where might that be coming from? can I have compassion for that? Where is there fear or is there this or there that? And, and often I'll, I'll, you know, private message someone and say, hey, can you help me understand this perspective? And in a private message, there's so much less defense, you know, that you can oftentimes have a real conversation.
0: And I love that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, we're just going to dive right in because I, <laughs> I mean, I guess what we should say before kind of diving in, the way we really connected was through, you know, I really started posting more about anti-racism, Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter, and that's really how, how we connected because prior to those posts, I don't think we had really had a conversation mm-hmm. with each mm-hmm. other.
1: No. And I think, I think that's, it's something that's very interesting, right? We can, you're starting to see more and more where people, where people stand and, and that's, that's good. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, even if it is binary thinking, which is, is something that I sort of post against because it's not okay to have a moral compass, but because, you know, that life is gray but what I love is that we're seeing more and more people step up and step into their voice. And I think that's a really beautiful thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So going back to what you were saying a second ago, I feel like I'm still trying to navigate this. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've gone through stages where I've really worked on having my voice around myself and, you know, coming out about different things that I would have never talked about before, being vulnerable in my own walk, in my own journey. And then now this is kind of like the next step almost, it seems like. And I feel like I'm still navigating. And so you said welcoming all of those differences of opinions and, and creating a safe space. And I feel like that's something that I'm still trying to figure out. Like yeah. where are the where are the boundaries? When do you say this is not okay? This is not allowed in my space or my energy. Yeah. And this is something that I can welcome a discussion about.
1: Yeah. So my number one rule on my social media is no name calling. And and there's a lot of reasons behind it. And, and it's how I've always parented. I have a 13 year old and a 14 year old. And, and I've never allowed name calling in my, in our house. Um, not even like you're, you know, you're a stupid face, right? Like they're four years old and they're mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, we don't name call. And, and the reason, the reason behind that is, and, and this comes from Brené Brown's work. So Brené Brown is a shame researcher. Um, and she differentiates shame versus guilt, right? So shame is identity based and guilt is behavior based guilt can be productive because it it promotes change in behavior whereas shame uh, again with an identity base closes people down so when we name call we are providing an identity to that person so you know if someone calls me for instance if someone calls me racist naturally because i'm human I'm going to throw up walls, right? I'm going to be defensive, and because nobody likes to have somebody else declare an identity onto them, that's kind of first and foremost. And so, if there's ever any name calling in my in in my comments on my on my, I'm like, hey, you know what? That's not okay. You can express your opinion, but no name calling on my page. And then that that continues. That's when I will I will remove that. Person, right? Mm -hmm. But but that's really the only time I will block somebody is when it's it's attacking kind of name calling. Mm -hmm. But you know, for instance, if someone were to come at me, and and even as much as I want to be anti-racist, I understand that. I swim in a sea of whiteness on a conversation this morning, where someone said, Well, you're not born racist. I said, No, you you weren't born racist, but we were all born into racism. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's the water in which we all swim in. So I know I'm going to mess up along the way. And that's mm-hmm. part of the vulnerability, right? So I'm happy to, and I welcome people calling, calling me out and holding me accountable for a That was a racist thing that mm-hmm. you said. And again, I try to be mindful, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm human and I recognize that I do have unconscious bias. So I'm working really hard on that. And we can talk about all the ways that, that I'm, I'm doing some of that stuff, but I would have a much harder time if someone came at me and said, Alyssa, you're a racist, right? Because it's differentiating the, or it's putting an identity versus, versus a behavior base. And Mm -hmm. so that's my number one rule on my social media is no name calling. And then beyond that, I do ask that people provide sources for the information that they're providing. You know, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Can you, can you tell me where your, what your source is? And sometimes people will get defensive even on that. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, that's totally fine. I appreciate that. I just, I like to read and I like to understand. So where did you find that information? And, and that has helped to quell a lot of rhetoric Mm -hmm. So with those two rules in place, you know, we're open to sharing and to, to learning and to exploring, where do we find, where do we have something in common? And when we can start with that something in common, I think we're setting ourselves up for success. And and then it's not as scary of a place to share how we feel and Mm -hmm. what we think and, you know, things that we've come upon.
0: I'm I'm absorbing all of this. <laughs> you know, for so long I would talk about pretty much anything but religion or politics and <laughs> those were off the table just yeah. because people get so heated they're so passionate. I think there's a lot of hatefulness surrounding that and and I think that anti-racism work fits into those categories because they're so intertwined with each other. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. I also try to stay away from politics because it's not helpful. You know, before I post, it's always, is this helpful? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm cautious about the words I use too. Words are powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we forget that. Are they incendiary types of adjectives that are being used? If there's a, a news title. What's the word I'm looking for? Headline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the word? Uh, there's a news headline that has an incendiary word in it, right? In, or an extreme kind of word like, you know, gloats. I saw in a, in a headline this morning and I was like, okay, well, like that's putting a whole lot of, of emotion behind a phrase. So says is a, a better word, right? It's less incendiary. I'm not going to share that. I am also cautious about which news sources to share, because there are news sources that are well known to be very left leaning or very right leaning. And again, just based on the news source alone, it has a chance of being incendiary. Oh, well, of course you think that because it's it's Fox or it's, you know, it's CNN, right? Those are kind of our two classic left and right news sources. And so I just don't share those, those things. I try to find that same information on the AP, uh, Associated Press or Reuters, you know, something that's a little bit more center. And so it can be not as incendiary, if that makes sense, you know, but again, I don't think it's helpful to defame or otherwise any political figure because that that's not what matters. What matters is, are we going to go vote in, in November? Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, I don't care who people vote for. I just want them to vote. Like, let's re-empower ourselves to understand how much that vote matters and how powerful that can be. I've already blocked off my November 3rd, and I will be, and I, I still have to figure out the details of that. Thankfully, we pick out a few months, you know, because I don't, I don't exactly know honestly, mm-hmm. where to go or who, you know, what nonprofits do this kind of work, but my plan is to be driving from, from 6 30 in the morning. So I can get people to polls by seven until seven or eight o'clock at night. So I can help people get to the polls. And I f- fully expect that I'll be driving people that will be on both sides of, of the voting. And that's cool right that 's great because what it means is that people are are empowered to use their voice. I think we 've got this idea that my little one vote my, my one little vote doesn 't matter, and mm-hmm. you know how cool would it be if we could get eighty percent of our country voting mm-hmm. like we 'd actually have a reflection of how our country feels mm-hmm. um, and when you know less than fifty percent of our country votes. I don't, I don't think we have that real clear opinion, right? Like status of where our country is. So that's my, that would be my dream. Like everybody vote.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's powerful. So I would love to hear you talk. I know that you, uh, based on our conversation, have made some big shifts in business and Mm -hmm. kind of the way that you do things and are really focusing on the anti-racism work. And I would love to hear about that and kind of what you're doing in that area.
1: Yeah. Thank you. You know, my, my, I'm a sole entrepreneur. I have my daughters uh, work for me, so they are W2 employees as well. Yes, this is all legal. You can hire your, your minor children to work in your business, but it's just the three of us. And yet I still felt it was really important for the business to take a stand. I absolutely believe that that racism has its its roots in economics. So what can I do as somebody who is not only generating revenue but also as a consumer and what I I'm a business coach so I help businesses to be more successful. So it feels like this this is a really important deal and so I put out a statement from the business saying, this is how we are going to proactively work towards anti-racism. Absolutely. wasn't a political statement. It is, this is, it is not my fault, right? That we are in the situation we're in. But as far as I can, I'm going to take personal responsibility for being that one voice. And there's this really wonderful quote and I'm going to butcher it, but I am only one, but still I am one. And while I can't do everything, I can do something. And so I mm. will not refuse to do the one thing that I can do just because I can't do everything. Mm, that's great. Right? And so it's like, what little thing could I do? And what if every soul entrepreneur stood up in some fashion and went, huh, how can I work towards equity? What, does, what might that look like? And so one of the things that I now require of my clients is that we have an anti-racism conversation. And that doesn't mean that they have to do what I'm doing. You know, I'm volunteering for several nonprofits that help to elevate previously discriminated populations or populations that have been silenced, especially in the entrepreneurial space, because that's what's important to me. And I do a, a whole variety of other of other things as well. Obviously, donating money—that's one way that we can give back, et cetera. But the big thing is I, I have them say, you know, where are you at? And what can you do? You know, just as an example, I I have a, a client who's a financial planner. And he said, Alyssa, you know, I'm a, I'm my hands are somewhat tied because of the regulations that are in the financial, financial industry. He said, but you know, also like, I don't know how much I can really say, right? Like I don't want to be incendiary. I don't want to be offensive. And I said, well, cool. Like you don't have to make a big blank a big statement like I did, but what can you do? oh, well, you know, I am, I'm, I'm seeking out uh, additional advisors for my firm. I can seek out women or uh, advisors of, of color, right? Which is great because the financial advising of industry is largely white male. And so hmm. he's going to make a concerted effort to find a qualified, this is important, a qualified person of color or woman to bring onto his team. Saying that we're being proactive doesn't mean that we're going, oh, well, I'm just going to go grab some somebody who fits the demographic, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, we want qualified folks. That's really, really important but, you know, how can we seek that out? And so that's just one example. And, you know, so he's not making grand statements. He's not doing, you know, huge stuff. He's like, I'm, I'm talking with my kids at home. He's a dad of, of four, no, three. And he's having conversations with his wife. And then he's going to be more proactive about pursuing a financial advisor that's that's somebody of color and or a woman. And I was like, all right, that's fantastic. Right? So it's not, it's not about putting on other people what they should be doing. It's helping them to explore what would work for them and where they're at in their anti-racist journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would love to, Sarah, just talk about the term anti-racist. Yeah, please. Because it was a term that I actually resisted <laughs> because mm-hmm. I held the idea that I'm, I'm not racist, right? Like I'm not racist. And what I finally understood was that The anti-racist is proactive versus not racist is a complicit or a silent sort of position and realizing how, you know, how far we yet have to go to create true equity in our country. It, it, was a, it was a really good awareness once I stopped and paused and sort of processed what that term meant, that that's why anti-racism is where I want to be, because I want to be proactive. I don't want to be complicit or silent. And so for, for those of you who are listening, that little shift from not racist to anti-racist, only difference there is action and voice.
0: Hmm. It's good. Yeah. Thank you for breaking that down. It's interesting. I have so many different paths I could go down right now. (laughs) So many paths I want to go down, you know, forever. I, my daughter is half black. She's, she'll be 20 in a couple of weeks. And I didn't know what the term anti-racist was until a couple of months ago. And I, even in, you know, having a daughter who is black thinking, I'm not racist. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not racist, you know, not even understanding. There's just so much, there's so much. I feel like that's unraveling. There's so much awareness that's happening. There are some major areas where I've had to apologize to her. and take responsibility for, and that's hard coming from a place of, but I love you with all of my heart. And, you know, and realizing too, I still have not provided you with the best environment for you growing up being a black woman with a white mother. I appreciate you know these conversations and and having new levels of awareness. So breaking down anti-racist, I think, is really valuable and really helpful.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't have to come with shame, right? Like uh, one of the things that that I learned from Brene, um, mm-hmm. um, like we're on first name yeah, <laughs> Love her, yeah. love me her. And me, me and Brene are going to sit down for coffee. But is is that shame only lives in silence? And this is why these conversations are so important. Like, oh, like I I don't feel very good on the inside, but is there a safe person that you can have a conversation with to explore? You know, like I don't, you know, to, to, you know, kind of reflecting on what you said, I don't feel like I've set my daughter up with the best environment. And, you know, I mean, geez, we have enough mom guilt as it is Hmm. like to add, add that bomb to it. Like how, it can feel very convicting. And, and yet we can't change yesterday, Mm -hmm. right? We can, we can again, take responsibility and say, wow, you know, did I, did I hurt you? And I'm sorry. And I want to hear more of your story and, and all of that and now how do we move forward because yes. that's what's so important is how mm-hmm. do we move forward and you know i did i did some some similar actions right like i went back to some friends that i had even as far back as college which was now like 20 years ago to say hey you know we've been friends all this time but i but I didn't really, I didn't really recognize my white privilege. And that's another trigger word. So just calm down. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably get yeah. to white privilege Let's here in un- a second. We'll
0: unpack it. It's okay. We'll unpack it.
1: <laughs> you know, and, and I didn't, I didn't recognize any of this stuff. I thought I was colorblind. I thought I was, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things that, that now of course I'm, I'm understanding, ah, the point isn't to be colorblind. The point is, is, to, is to honor the differences. You know, did I, did I hurt you? Did I hurt you? Because if I did, I, I really, I want to apologize. And those conversations have been so awesome because people respect that. They respect that you're trying to do the right thing. This is a messy process for all of us. And so it does take a lot of courage. And so, you know, I talked to my daughters about, about flexing their courage muscle you know, you don't have to get out there with a microphone (laughs) and, 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 you know, blast, put everyone on blast and, and, and write novels and, and write, you know, write books or whatever. You don't have to do that, but how can you flex your courage muscle and stand up for the, for the right thing? And again, the right thing is the right thing now. And as you continue to learn that right thing might shift tomorrow Mm -hmm. where none of us have arrived. And so, you know, we're all kind of In this messy journey. And if we can just embrace one another for that, wow, what a difference that would make to how we as a culture fumble through this.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I I love that. I think white privilege is definitely something I've really had to look at and even, you know, imposing on my own child. That's a hard, hard place to look. And and realizing and understanding that it is there. And, you know, for a long time, for me, living in white privilege was just pure avoidance. And, And that has been something that's come to my awareness really in the last few months is, I just don't want to go there. Let's Mm -hmm. just not go there. Let's stay safely over here where we don't have to talk about those things or, or see those things or immerse ourselves in those things. And one of my defense mechanisms was, you know, I'm an empath that hurts me too much. Mm -hmm. So I'm just not going to expose myself to it at all.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think that's one of the greatest forms of white privilege is, is our ability to walk away, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, it, it's, it's definitely exhausting. I, I'm, I'm just going to say it. it's exhausting to be in this conversation because it is so complex. Mm-hmm. And, and yet part of my privilege is being able to step away from it. Now, I will also say that that's also part of self-care initially, uh, and, I, and I've been sort of called into more activism, and outspokenness uh, for probably about the last year or so and really trying to figure out what is my role and how do I, how do I come forward? How do I speak up? Diversity inclusion has been important to me because I believe that the collective wisdom, you know, where we get the voices that have previously been silenced, those Mm -hmm. voices are so important. So it's been important to me, but I didn't know how to dive in, Mm -hmm. right? And COVID has given us an opportunity to dive in in a different manner. Right so rather than talking about it at work, people to a large degree haven 't had that outlet and so, what did people do? They went to facebook, and so that 's been there 's been mm-hmm. a pro and a con to that right but what does that that activism look like? How do we dive in, and is it okay to then jump out of the water for a minute. And so about three weeks or so after George Floyd was murdered and I was fully, like I was all in, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. having conversations with people like from sun up to sundown, like I was all in and I wasn't eating and I wasn't sleeping. Cause I was just, I was so upset and i called a friend of mine bawling my eyes out i mean i was just beside myself and i just said i just don't understand like i'm trying to understand and i'm trying to you know approach people with love and i'm i i just i'm i just don't understand and she paused and let me you know cry a little harder and she said Alyssa, when was the last time you slept <laughs> <laughs> and i was like well i'm sleeping like 3 hours a night but i'm waking up in the middle of the night and then i can't get back to sleep and she said Alyssa, you need to go sleep. And, and I said, but who am I? And and my, my friend was a, was a black woman. And I said, who am I to say I'm tired? Like, like I'm just now really joining this fight. Who am I to be tired? And she Mm. said, Alyssa, if you don't rest, you're no good for the movement. And she said, yes, this is exhausting. This is something I've been dealing with literally my entire life, Mm. but I still take the time to go fill my cup. I have to. I have to retreat, and it's okay for you to, to do the same. And that was really powerful because I think once w- we we open our eyes in a little bit different of a way, we think, oh, okay, then like there is no coming back out. That's and we shame ourselves, quite honestly, for the what the privilege of being able to back out, mm-hmm. and also we have to, we have to set boundaries in order for us to be able to put oxygen mask on other people's face. We have to first put it on ourselves.
0: Yeah. And that's another balance. I think that you kind of learn to navigate as this is uncharted territory, you know, for a lot of people it's, Mm -hmm. it's new. It's something that, you know, we're, just really fully waking up to. And so finding that balance is very important. I personally feel like, okay, if I back off, then that means I don't care. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, that means that I'm, I'm not doing the work. I'm not part of the fight and all of the things that we can tell ourselves it's true. We, we do need to have the time to refill, to breathe, to mm-hmm. listen to ourselves and take the deep breaths and in order to be good in any situation.
1: Right. And, and it's funny because we don't give ourselves that, that grace. And yet if we were to look at a, a soldier, for instance, you know, in the war field, they still sleep too. Right. And so it's, it's really important for us to take care of ourselves because it's, it's just not helpful. It's just not helpful. And uh, another really cool thing. I was talking to another person. I'm in a lot of of one-on-one conversations because these one-on-one conversations are the, t- are the opportunity for us to learn and to dive in and say, help me understand your experience, but also to share and to explore. So like these one-on-one conversations, I couldn't recommend more, but what the, what he said was, I've stopped saying something is right or wrong. And I've instead replaced it with, is it helpful or not helpful? And that was really powerful because again, it takes the charge mm-hmm. out of Yeah. Out of all of this, right? That's the question that I try to ask myself is is it helpful for me to share another post, educational post on our history or you know, etc.? Or is it just time for me to just go to bed? Right? Like and disconnect. And Mm -hmm. and it's hard because either you know that there's work to do and also we just, first and foremost, let's take care of ourselves. And when we can truly love ourselves enough to take care of ourselves, now we can actually turn around and love others.
0: Thank you for that. I -hmm. think you're giving lots of people permission right now. And (laughs) I think sometimes we look for that, right? We look for the permission to take care of ourselves, even as moms, as, you know, women in general, we don't need permission but we look for it very often. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's
1: the the irony in that whole experience with my, with my friend saying, Alyssa, go sleep is that as a business coach, I talk about prepping the asset, right? So you in your business are your best asset. How are you taking care of you? Are you exercising? Are you sleeping? Are you meditating? Are you journaling? Right? All these other Mm -hmm. things. And there's a major focus on self-care and yet That was exactly how I was sort of punishing myself for only showing up to the fight now. And so even as somebody who preaches this stuff day in, day out about how are you taking care of yourself, I still needed that external permission. And so, no, you're right, Sarah, we don't need permission, but sometimes we need permission,
0: right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um,
1: which doesn't mean, you know, retreat never come back, right? That's that's not what I'm saying, but retreat and fill your cup.
0: I want to go back to something that you said earlier, Mm because I just, I want to hear your opinion on it. You, you had said that you were talking to your clients about how they can do their part in their businesses to be anti-racist. And, and one thing I was thinking, and I, I'm a part of, I run a women's mastermind group, and this is something that has come up a lot lately is, you know, if I start really speaking how I feel about these things, I'm going to lose clients. I think that's a concern for a lot of people. I think that's, that's a fear. And so that's something that keeps people from really speaking how they feel publicly,
1: yeah, I wholeheartedly agree, and i'll be i 'll be honest, I had the same fears, and you know so when I released my statement, uh, part of that statement was if you 're not willing to have the uh, to embark on the anti-racism journey you're welcome to find another coaching firm to work with and i did i took the time and i sent it off to my attorney because while i have insurance for my business okay i don't have insurance against a discrimination lawsuit and i was afraid because my business couldn't tolerate a discrimination lawsuit. And, you know, so I, I had a long conversation with, with my attorney about, you know, is this okay to say, and, and, and hear my heart, I don't want to, I don't want to refuse people, but I want to, I want to welcome people into this conversation. And this is really important to me and to what I I believe is, is, you know, our economy here in Minnesota. And so, you know, you know, she said, well, you're not discriminating. You're just saying this is where we stand and you're welcome to find somebody else to work with. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that that's okay. And I released my statement to all of my clients, actually the day ahead of releasing it publicly. And by that point, since I meet with most of my clients weekly, we'd already begun to have that conversation, but I was a little nervous. I was a little mm-hmm. nervous. Am I going to lose any clients? And I'm super blessed to say that I didn't. And in part, that was, that was in my approach of how, of how I did it. I, I didn't come out and say, you have to do it this way. And if mm-hmm. you don't do it this way, then, because that's not the point. The point is let's meet each other where we're at. Let's find common ground and let's find a way to move forward. Um, and I didn't lose a single client, you know, and as I've been super vocal that there has been some minimal, minimal fear about, are people going to not choose? me because this is where I stand. And I kind of had to come back around and go, well, if that's the case and that's the deal breaker for them, then they're probably not doing their business with the open heart and the love because mm-hmm. that's where that statement comes from. Political statement, it's, it's a human statement mm-hmm. that would really fit with my style of coaching, A. And B, you know, by choosing to stand up and, and having the courage to lead people are drawn to that Mm -hmm. always, Mm
0: -hmm. always.
1: And that is the overarching, overwhelming feedback that I've gotten is, wow, Alyssa, you are, you are a leader. And, 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 you know, and I didn't do it to get a pat on my shoulder, right? I did it because it was the right thing to do. And despite the fact that I was a fearful in some capacity, I knew that this was something that I needed to do for me and for my business. And so I think for anyone who's fearful of of that. Um, you know, and f- again, for me, the worst thing was a was a lawsuit, right? And, and I didn't want that. So I took the steps to protect against that piece. Um, so have a conversation with someone and fight, figure out what is the worst thing that can happen. Don't shame yourself because Oh, that's my white privilege that, you know, that I get to blah, 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 you know, a- acknowledge your fear and then go, is it that big of a deal? If I lose one client or I have this family who chooses not to work with me or, you know, X, Y, or Z, like, is that going to be the worst thing because the fact of the matter is that by taking, by stepping out and leading and and voicing where you stand, people go, Oh, I know what you stand for. And I'm drawn to that. So the chances are, you're actually going to, going to get more business Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be very honest than less, but you may have a blip in accounts receivable for, for a minute. So yes, it does take courage, but the question is, are you willing to sacrifice your integrity and what you believe in for an extra dollar or two. Mm -hmm. And I, and I get it. Like, it's not just a dollar or two for, for a lot of folks. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, and, and how else could you flex your courage muscle a little smaller? Is there another way that you could step into that and go, okay, that wasn't so bad. I can do, I can do a little bit more. I can Mm -hmm. do a little bit more. And I think that's okay too, to, to go on your journey that way.
0: I feel like me personally hearing people being able to make the statement Black Lives Matter or being able to talk about it, I feel like, okay, I really now want to work with this person. I'm really drawn to this person. Or Even my son's school sent out an email and they said the words Black Lives Matter, which I think is so hard for so many people to do Mm -hmm. and being able to even say those words. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm like in, I am dedicated to these, you know, it says so much to me about somebody's integrity and the way they see the world and the way that they see people.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, people do get stuck on the organization of black lives matter And the statement of Black Lives Matter and, you know, whatever you think about the organization, which I encourage you to go to their website and to look at what they stand for, and then to look at the founders and go find some YouTube videos of interviews, like find out more about it. That's okay. And you don't have to, you know, full-fledged get behind the organization to make the statement Black Lives Matter, you know when we have discrepancies it 's okay to say, "Hey, we need to put a little bit more attention over on this population here because you know this isn 't the population that has the issue mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're that we 're contending with, and that 's the biggest thing, the biggest pushback I see against Black Lives Matter is, oh well, the organization blah blah, blah okay well let 's bring this back to the human issue. Of black lives matter usually that's enough for people to go okay well what do you mean when you say black lives matter mm-hmm. like, great well let's talk about that let's talk about the disparities let's talk about you know the, the the percentage of of the population that that black lives represent here in this country and the percentage of black lives that are taken at the hands of police and etc Mm-hmm. in this country and let's well what how about black on black crime okay well how about white on white crime we've never talked about that so right and so just kind of being being open and having those conversations like what does this mean and is the information that i've been getting actually accurate. And that's really jarring for a lot of us to go, wow, you know, the history I was taught in school, the information that I accepted because it, it made sense to me. And now maybe that wasn't true. And how about this? And how about that? Those are all really hard questions and it takes brain power, and it's tiring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so going back to that, it's okay to retreat and just take some time to process some of that stuff, both on your own and in a safe space with somebody that you trust.
0: Yeah. The We Spot is doing a book club and the book we are reading right now is uh, When They Call You Terrorist by Patrice Cullors. And she's one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. That is a great resource. It's a great book to be able to hear the backstory of kind of her heart behind Mm -hmm. creating that movement. I so. just
1: added that to my book list. Yes, it's, it's a, a good one. one.
0: It's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's so good. That's, that's a really beautiful thing too, is we really have information to be able to do this work at our fingertips. It's, it's really amazing if we decide to seek the information and yes. to dig in that we have access to that.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that this is another something that comes up with social media, right? Because so much of social media is trying to convince other people that they're right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My effort is to share information and to share education and to open conversation, but ultimately the work is internal. And until we do the work internally, we have no business trying to convince anybody else. I think that's an important thing to just note is that in the work of anti-racism, the work has to start internally first, and then we can begin to, you know, share from that open, educated heart
0: Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Thank you. It's really good. All right. So we're going to move into, I ask all of my guests two questions. Okay. And so I am going to start into those. So the first question is, is what do you feel has been the most vital to your growth?
1: My very first I'm putting this in air quotes, woke moment. And I say that in air quotes because you, there's not just one, right? Mm-hmm. You might have like a, a, the veil uncovered, but that growth is forever long, right? So you're never just either woke or not woke. Mm-hmm. So I'll say that. Came eight years ago during a traffic stop. And I heard myself say, based on how this police officer treated me, what the heck? I'm a white woman with two kids in the backseat. Does he think I'm dangerous? and the the difference in that moment was that i heard myself say that i'd never consciously recognized any of that before and it's interesting because what when i've shared that story and i didn't share that story for uh, four years because i was so ashamed that i would have had a racist thought what was important was that i heard it and i've heard people go oh i'm sorry that you you know you've been racist you're a racist and you're a recovering racist and i'm like okay well I, I appreciate that. And also we all are, but it's that personal responsibility behind it. And so when I heard it, I was like, I need to do some work. But what led up to me hearing it was I had, i just gone through a divorce and I was going to therapy and I was doing the internal work. So for the first time in my life, in an intentional way, I was listening to the thoughts in my own head. And so many thoughts run through our head every day that we don't even recognize because there's so much a part of who we are and how we operate. It's all subconscious and yada, yada. So I think for me, the biggest thing was beginning to listen to the thoughts in my own head.
0: And challenge those thoughts. Sounds like not, not allow them to run away with you and, and believe them. Cause a lot of times those thoughts are lies. They're not true.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Walking away from this podcast, what do you want to make sure that people know?
1: Ultimately love is the answer and love isn't always soft and it's not always passive, but love is the answer to this challenge that we're facing. And I guess that's I guess it's two parts. <laughs> that and approach people with love and you got to love yourself first, but also judgment and curiosity cannot live in the same space at the same time. So when you feel yourself judging yourself or judging others, stop and replace it with curiosity. What's that about? How can I find out more about that? Can you tell me more? And it's such a powerful shift because when we get curious now our heart starts to open and we can actually learn and that's always that's always helpful so mm-hmm. those two things love is the answer and curiosity and judgment cannot live in the same space at the same time so choose curiosity
0: mm, yeah that's something not to get off on another tangent but yes i i love that i i use that a lot actually in therapy like come at this difficult situation as uh, from like you're doing an experiment rather than the way that you typically look at it. So that's really the view of curiosity. How can I, how can I see this in a different way? I love that. Yeah. So important. All right. I know, uh, Lissa, that people are going to want to get in contact with you, follow you? Can you let everybody know where they can find you? Where do you hang out the most often? So professionally, I'm on,
1: I'm on all the platforms, Instagram and LinkedIn and and Facebook. Personally, I hang out most on Facebook, although that's actually transitioning a little bit more to LinkedIn, ironically, the best way to find me is honestly on my website. Cause there's all the social links from there. And my website is dare to succeed.com and that's dare spelled like my name. So it's D-A-I-R-E the number dot succeed.com. Yeah. Dare to succeed. So number two is that's important. Um, and you can find everything you might need and about me and, and links and all of that kind of stuff. And I would, I would love for you to connect with me and for us to have a conversation. Yeah. That's where you can find me dare to succeed.com.
0: Awesome. Yes. And we should say you have two awesome podcasts, you have a book. And so lots of ways that people can learn from you and hear from you and and get in touch with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's funny every time I hear someone say you have that, that two podcasts and, and a book, I'm like, Oh gosh, I did do that. Didn't I? (laughs) It's
0: kind of of fun. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for the work that you're doing and thank you for your heart and just making this world a better place through who you are. So thank you.
1: Right back at you, Sarah. Thanks for doing the work.
0: All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories and we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart experiences and light with all of us. If you want more of the Wee Podcast, make sure you head over to thewespot.com where you can find all of our episodes as well as the We Spot blog. The we Spot is your go-to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the we Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Meneres, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. If you love the We Podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.